Oh, I want you to open up to the book of Hebrews. Uh, kind of camp out there for just a bit. Uh, we are starting a brand new series uh, on Wednesday nights. I'm excited about it. I, I pray a lot about it. I always do. About uh, what I'm going to teach you and how. And, um, and I landed on this. So you're going to hopefully have a little bit better understanding of what I mean by the series being called Something's Missing. Uh, after after our intro it and after we look at Hebrews uh, chapter five, but we'll, we'll do that in here in just a bit. But first, I would say right now at this very moment on college campuses spread across America, thousands of freshmen who have been students for maybe two weeks, three weeks, maybe four. Thousands of freshmen they're sitting in their dorm rooms or in the UC, and and this same basic idea is swirling in many of their heads, and it's this concept of Ugh, something's missing. Something is missing. Now, not everyone. Some people are, are having a blast, and they feel whole and complete. They love this you know, new season of life and what they're doing. But for others, they've been told that, that college was going to be this experience that was going to look like this, that was going to feel like this, that was going to have some kind of just huge uh, titanic end result. Basically, the grand picture that was painted for them, it's, it's like it's not coming in focus yet. And so I think that a lot of them, actually I know for a fact some of them, but I think a lot of people who have been in college for three weeks to two weeks are going, Something, something's missing. Like this thing's not what it, I, I thought it was going to be, what I was told it was going to be. Well, now to you, high schooler, potential Christian, I think something's missing. I think something's missing. Um, for example, we hear that God's word, it's a, it's a source of life. We should hunger for it. It teaches us. It, it sharpens us. It molds us. And yet, we don't really want it. Um, we, we, we hear that, that there's a joy in fighting sin through the spirit. And yet, we're too tired to fight or we don't want to. Uh, we hear that we have an identity that's rooted in Christ Jesus. And so um, our looks don't have to identify us. Uh, our Twitter feeds don't have to identify us. Our personalities don't have to identify us. Our academics, our athletic ability, those things don't have to identify us. But it's rooted in Christ Jesus. And yet, we go to bed every night with some pretty deep-rooted insecurities. Um, we hear that we're supposed to live in light of eternity. Hey, this world's not all, what it's all about. Uh, this world is fleeting. It's short. And so we live for another world. And yet, our number one mission throughout the day normally is us spinning our wheels trying to serve this world and serve this life. Uh, we hear that being a Christian um, is going to necessarily separate you from, from the rest of culture and the world. And we, we, we hear that that's to be expected. And we hear that, hey, that's a privilege and we should welcome it. And yet, we just kind of want to be normal, don't we? You don't want to feel weird. We're told that sin is serious, that it's crouching at your door, you know, like a lion waiting to devour you. And yet, we make friends with our sin. We laugh at it. We download it. Uh, we tame it. And we want it to kind of hang around. Something is missing. And when we begin to identify that, that something is missing from what we've heard 
or what we've been shown or what we've thought this Christian journey was supposed to be, when we identify that, huh, it's not feeling like I thought it was, it's not going like I thought it was, we do one of two things. One is we either assess that, okay, we are missing that something or, the, or those some things. We're, we're missing it. Um, we have maybe wrong expectations. Um, we don't have a correct understanding or a right view. And so that's on us. We're missing it. Or we assess that, that what we've experienced, what we've, what we've watched, what we've been told might not be all that it cracked up to be. Uh, in fact, this book is full of people who thought that very thing. Uh, and it records their stories of, you know what? That Christian journey thing, uh, it sounded good. It looked good on paper. Uh, it, was, it was taught by people that I, I think had sense and I think loved me and liked me. Um, yeah, not crack, not, it's not what it's cracking up to be. I'm out. And so this book is full of that. Life is full of that. You probably all personally know people who have been there, will be there. So what exactly are we up to on Wednesday nights? What exactly are you up to, Lando? Well, here's what I'm up to. Um, I think that there's some, some, some big gaps in your understanding of the life that Jesus actually calls his people to. That the life that he actually saves his people to and calls his people to, I think there are some huge gaps in your understanding of that. Uh, a few years ago, my parents got uh, all new windows uh, installed in their house. You know, like the energy efficient, you know, you can put a volcano on one side and lay on the other and you'll never feel the heat, you know, those kind of things. And, um, and the window company, they really did a crappy job. They, they ordered the wrong windows and they got them too small. And, and I remember the guy was like, no, no, that's all right. We'll fill that with caulk. You know, it's like a fat gap between the window and the house. And, and he wants to fill it with, you know, this cheap caulk. It's like, yeah, no. Well, there's this gap in your understanding of just the basics of the Christian life and wind is just whipping through there. So what I want to do, I don't want to just, you know, fill it with some cheap caulk around the edges. I want to rip out that window that's too small, that doesn't fit. And biblically, I want to replace it with one that does install the right size. So that's what I'm up to. And my hope is this, through, through ripping out those windows that are too small, also many of you have, have never had a window in there at all. What I mean by that is many of you, you, you know a, a little bit about Christianity or you know enough about it, but there's not a, there's not a, a spiritual interest in your body whatsoever. And so as I walk through some of these different things and as we talk about how are our, our expectations of what the Christian life is actually supposed to be, how are they off and how are they wrong? And I think that if we uncover that with God's word that you're going to go, oh, that's what was missing. My expectations were somewhere completely different. And so that's where we're going to look at a lot of these concepts uh, over these Wednesday nights. And so many of you have never, who have never really come to know the Lord I want to pray that you develop an appetite and, and a desire and a deep understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because what I'm convinced of is if I just give you Jesus, if I really am faithful to give you him as he presents himself in his word, and you truly begin to understand the life that he saved us to, then I think that it will be the sweetest thing that you've ever tasted. And I think for those of you who have been Christians for years, maybe you have legitimately been Christians, and you're struggling with this, 
something's missing. There's not this power and this comfort and this vigor. Something's missing. Or for those of you who have never tasted of it, I think it'll be the sweetest thing that you've ever tasted when you see life as it was designed to be lived. So where I'm going to start tonight, uh, and, I, and I really will be pretty brief, is Hebrews chapter 5. Okay, Hebrews chapter 5. I want you to look at verse 11 through 14. And so the first thing I want to address is this. One of the initial things that's missing from your Christian journey is the, the call to maturity. Like, I don't think you take that actually seriously. And, and, and you know, a lot of what this is coming from is, is coming from you. It's coming from, from conversations that I've had with you. And, and I think me for a few years keeping my ear to the ground and going, what are, what are these missing pieces that people are just not, not getting it? Because it's not the, you know... When, when someone comes to know the Lord, they have the fullness of Christ in them. The Holy Spirit indwells them. So it's not his bad. We're missing it somehow. And one of the biggest places we miss it is I don't think we take seriously that we're actually supposed to mature in Christ. You don't just get in and then sit. You can't just do that. Yeah, you believe that one day Jesus is going to have some expectations, but that's going to be well after college. That's going to be well after college. But the reality is Jesus never gives us the option of starting out nice and slow and then picking it up later when we're out of our teens or out of college. And this is exactly what the author of Hebrews is addressing in Hebrews chapter 5, uh, verse 11. Let me read it, just these few verses, 11 through 14. About this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good and evil. All right, it's a really simple text to dissect. might not be easy to, to live, but it's easy to at least look at what this author is getting at. In verse 11, uh, the author is identifying the fact that this audience of believers, we, we, we really think that he's talking to believers, these people that he's talking to says they've become hard of hearing, dull of hearing. Well, for you, I want you to think of ways, what are some ways that you've become dulled since coming to Christ? What are some ways maybe that you've become dulled since uh, Colorado? You know, we're in creation, we're with God's people, we're in his word, we're worshiping, and your, synth, your, your spiritual senses are heightened to the things of God. And then uh, we don't hear it as clearly when we're not around mountains. We don't hear it as clearly when we're not in God's word. Our, our hearing's become dull. Have you ever accident? I do this all the time at the gym. Um, have you ever accidentally turn on the music on your iPod or your iPhone and it's on full blast? You, have you done this? It makes you so angry. Like you can only be angry at yourself, but you want to like hit the old man on the elliptical. Why? Why? It's like what? You know? It's just it's it's insane. But you know how afterwards, or like you've been to a loud concert, you know, and you're right beside the speaker. Afterwards, it's just kind of like this. Just your your hearing's dull. Why? Because it's so loud. It's so flooding. Well, guys, is that not us? I mean, is he not talking to us? He's going. Y'all have become dull of hearing. You become dull of hearing. Is your hearing perhaps dull because of the noise of our culture? 
again, some of you said you watch the VMAs. You've, you've at least heard about you know all the, the the stuff from the VMAs. Were they not just loud? I'm not talking just volume. You can put the TV on mute and just look at subtitles. It was loud. The artists and the producers and the commercials, they are screaming uh, their product, their ideals, their lifestyle at you. It's just loud. And when we're not guarded, when we're not growing, when we're not maturing, we're susceptible to letting it go in and, oh, it's getting harder to hear the truth. Wait, what did you say? Wait, Jesus, what? I can't make that out much because it's over here and it's really loud. That was just one of the biggest things that I walked away from. You know, watching, watching that whole show is going, man, that is so noisy. They're just yelling things at you. You know, these verses, they, they really show us uh, three clear things about um, like an infant believer. Because, I mean, it's easy to understand that illustration. You know how babies, they're cool with only milk? Well, they don't drink milk for like the next 16 years. Like, you kind of need to graduate to some real food so you start to grow. And he identifies these things in, in, in here about an infant believer. And first, it's that they're shallow. It's, they're just shallow. You know, you ought to be teachers. But now you need someone to teach you the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not meat, not real food. Think about this. I want you to ask yourself this. Um, is that you? Are you a shallow person? Are you a shallow person? A simple way to ask yourself that is what interests you the most? What takes up most of your brain space? And I'm in no way saying that you shouldn't be interested in in music um, and and, and athletics and and science and relationships and all of these things. But what interests you? Is there anything within you that thinks on or wants the things of God? Is there any spiritual interest in you whatsoever whatsoever? Because here's a mark of a baby believer. Here's a mark of a, of a milk-drinking infant believer. They only think about themselves. They're fixated on their little kingdom. They're fixated on their little problems. They're fixated on their little Twitter feed. That's just their world is them. It's them. It's them. Me and Jess were talking about this the other night. You know, one of the, the refreshing changes in, in seeing you guys grow up and mature from middle school to high school and beyond is that you actually start to ask us questions. <laughs> like, it's not always just, you know, you talk about you, 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 you. That's a sign of maturity when someone wants to engage you as well. But an infant believer goes, it's just, it's my world, it's my little world, it's my problems, it's my stuff, and I'm fixated on all of that. That's what God's word says, as verse 12 says, they need milk, they can't eat meat. Another characteristic of an infant believer, of a baby believer, is that they're not contributing to kingdom work. I mean, that's what he says, that basically, hey, you should be teaching other people, and you're not doing anything. You should be out doing kingdom work, and you're of no use. You're, just, you're not doing anything. That's a hard-hitting question, friend. Satan would have you believe that you're not ready, you're not smart enough, you don't have all the answers. Guys, you can preach. The blind man, when he was healed, he didn't know anything. He just said, I was, I was blind, now I see. And that God did it, Jesus, the end. But he's identifying people who go, um, oh, just kind of around, I don't know that I'm ready. Satan wants to, he wants you to buy into that trap till you're 94. Okay, now you go and change the world. 
Of course, if you've only had milk your entire Christian life, as verse 13 says, you're going to be unskilled in the word of righteousness. You're not even going to know how to explain the gospel to someone. You're not going to know the basic tenets of our faith. The last thing that he says about this is the third mark of an immature believer is that they have no discernment. They can't, dis- they can't distinguish good uh, from evil. And, and, and how that would translate into to you guys is if it's, on the, if it's top 40 radio, I'm downloading it. I, you know, it's going on the iPhone. If it's top 40, it's going on there. If it's sexy enough, if it's loud enough, if it's flashy enough, sure, I'll adopt your view. Hey, Macklemore, sure, I mean, that sounds good. It sounds like loving and compassionate, and, and you're a good musician. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I don't, is that right? I don't know. Is this thing outdated? Uh, I don't know. That's a mark of an immature believer. Paul has this same concern in Ephesians 4, uh, verse 14, when he says this about spiritual infants who, who are only on milk. Listen to what he says. Spiritual infants are, listen, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. How many Christians are shamefully tossed about to and fro in this culture. Sunday night at the VMAs, was, it was very crafty. It was very cunning. It was very deceitful. It all sounds so creamy and so nice and so loving. How many of you were sucked in? How many of you caught yourself going, uh, I don't know what to do with that? Because it, it does, it sounds right. Because that's all I'm, I'm hearing and I'm getting. And it's loud, and the truth, um, I, I really can hardly make it out anymore. How many of you were sucked in? How many of you are sucked in? You know, it reminds me, I was at the beach last week, and, and you know, when I would take Kaylee out in the waves and stuff, you know, it, it owns you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it makes you go to and fro and all over the place. How many of you is that true of? There's no truth foundation You can't eat meat. You're eating milk. And so just like a little child in the wind, by every cunning, deceitful thing, oh, I'm over here, then I'm over here. I don't know. I don't know. Look, let me close by saying this. Um, I I think that there are some things missing from your understanding of the life that Jesus has saved us to and he's called us to. He's not missing. When he indwells us, he indwells us fully through his spirit upon the time of salvation. So it's, it's not him. It's something about us that we're missing it. And I want, to help you, I want to help you fill in those gaps. And the good news is we've got resources to do that. Uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him, if we have knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So we have what we need. We have it in Christ. We have it in his word. Those things don't have to be missing. That's good news for those of us who sometimes have dull hearing, isn't it? That's good news for those of us who who feel as though we can be tossed to and fro by the waves of culture. So over this next little while, I want to show you Jesus clearly, show you the life that he's called you to. And my prayer, my hope in doing that is uh, that, that many of you will grow stronger uh, as, you, as you put milk aside, and also that many of you will, for the very first time, experience the, 
the forgiveness of sins found in Christ. Because many of you have not. So we're going to walk together and we're going to walk through things that show you, oh, that's who Jesus is. That's what he calls us to. And this is what he expects of us and what we should expect. I think it'll be helpful. Let me pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Um, We don't deserve to have it. And just because you're grace-filled uh, and you're merciful, you give it to us. You wanted, you delighted to reveal yourself through Jesus, through your word. Thank you for doing that. We would be lost without you moving first, without you speaking first, without you loving first. So I pray through, uh, Lord, the, cor- the course of these next few Wednesday nights that you would move in a way that um, sermons can't and a room can't and music can't, but in a way that your Holy Spirit begins to drill down and do soul work in people. We love you. We ask these things only in Christ's name. Amen.